Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Comrade Icicle this week. Um, it is, I am, <laughs> I am struggling to survive the polar vortex as we speak. Uh, it is negative 15 degrees outside right now, negative 15. Uh, so that is, to put it into context, that is, let's see here, let me do the math. That's as that's as far below freezing as seventy eight degrees is above freezing. No, it's so totally just, normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, the polar vortex is where, as global warming happens and the Arctic warms up, the Arctic jet stream slows down, right? And all that cold air isn't kind of contained in one area, and it starts to kind of drip down. You know, like the the. Um, the paint company where they're like pouring the paint over the, the planet. It's dripping down like there's gravity yeah. in space. Uh, it's like that, right? So the normal Arctic uh, circle temperatures are coming down into, you know, lower latitudes, right? Um, with the wind chill, I don't even know what it's probably negative 30, negative 40 right now. I walked to the store about an hour ago and it was about this cold and there was definitely wind gusts and I got all bundled up and everything. But it, the weird thing is like, it doesn't, doesn't feel any colder than about positive 20. It's just that you, you lose your body heat a lot quicker, right? It's not like mm-hmm. you, you can't really feel the colder that's more cold other than that. It's just after about walking for about 10 minutes in it, I could start to feel my thighs going numb, right? Like you just, they say you get frostbite in like 10 minutes. Like if your face is exposed or something. Yeah. Or or if you're, if you got wet, you know, like you fall in water through ice or whatever, like you're done in a matter matter of minutes. Um, And the thing is like, they can't salt the roads because salt doesn't work if it's lower than about five degrees. Right. It's so the, none of the streets have been plowed or cleared here for three days. uh, When we got like 12 inches of snow, um, there's nobody to plow anything that even the main roads are still covered in ice. So there's very few people out walking around or driving either. So nobody's driving on the road. So that it's just like, you can't go anywhere. Um, all the schools were shut down today. Uh, state offices have been closed for the last two days. Um, they've closed all the universities too, which is very rare to close down a whole university all at once. And so I actually didn't go to work the last two days um, because just the combination of the cold and the road's not being cleared, like, you know, I ride a bike to work, right, even in the wintertime. But even I have my limits. So the last two days I called in, I was just like, I'm not going to fuck around with this shit. I'm not going to try to ride out there the way it is right now. Um, if it was just the snow, fine. If it was just the cold, fine. You know, if the streets were clear, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. But together, it's just like, no, there's not, <laughs> no no living thing needs to be going out, let alone go to work. Um, yeah. You know, e- even though we're technically open because, you know, we're federal, not state fucking crazy well here in contrast it's a sweltering seven degrees fahrenheit oh um, man you know. <laughs> living in the fucking tropics i know uh negative 21 with the wind chill so yeah yeah uh cool. yeah it, it, it's it this 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 fucking weather is i mean this you know we talk about it all the time it's not fucking normal and it's obvious that we're seeing the long-term effects of climate change and of global warming but um yeah, well, we're not going to do anything about it. So, no. Just, just well, thought we'd mention it know, up top. 
I'm doing my part right now by running my heat as high as it can just to keep it up to like 68. I've got to turn it up to like 75 mm-hmm. or so. And it it's been it's been like gradually going down and it can't keep up with it. So I'm 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 still bundled up inside my house because I'm worried that like I'm gonna have to kick on the oven and open that fucker up too. God. Yeah. Um fun shit. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're coming to you again on Wednesday, uh, this week, obviously, uh, we, cause we have a lot going on. I'm moving, uh, this weekend, so I'm not going to be around Friday. That's why we're recording right now. Finally I'm, getting uh, out of mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, recording in, in just the most ridiculous, absurd setup right now. So basically I don't have my desk. I don't have, uh, my usual setup. So I attached the arm of my microphone to an open drawer, empty dresser drawer, which I kind of managed to tighten enough where it won't fall. And I angled it towards my face. And then I have my uh, old ass laptop on a uh, nightstand. Uh, and that's what I'm using to record yeah, you, and edit this episode. So you showed me a picture of it just before we came on there. And mm-hmm. your setup is still. Uh, like, I think mine is still more Spartan than yours is. And this is what I use every day. <laughs> I just, I just throw, I, like, I'm, I sit on the floor to record. Okay. Uh, and I just put very the laptop on my coffee table. It's very, yeah, it's very kind of like, you know, Japanese at dinner, sitting on your knees kind of a thing. Um, but that works, works for me. So I like feeling like I'm Rush Limbaugh at all times when I'm recording. That's why. Right. I right. You want to spread, spread your arms out on the, on the desk and really <laughs> lean into and it. Stamp and, on it and, yeah, no, but yeah. Uh, so if this sounds like shit, that's why. But I think I think it'll be okay. We'll, yeah, it we'll sounds see. normal to me. So, yeah, um, and I, and I believe uh, we we refer to this in my family as a, a Guinea shoemaker setup. The way I have my uh, microphone set up right now. Oh, so, sounds a little problematic, but uh, we'll go with it. Well, it, it would be <laughs> if I were if I were an Italian, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm so, Italian. It could be racist to Italians. I'm Italian. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the news for the week because uh, we uh, have not been here in a week and uh, some shit's happened. Uh, Kamala Harris had her town hall uh, the other night on CNN, the first her little, town her hall. infomercial, free hour of advertising, yeah, yeah. Uh, which nobody which, else... Which did. I'm sure... Yeah, they, they, they you Google that uh, and it says uh, Kamala Harris Town Hall broke TV viewing records, made history. And I'm like, how? It's like first best ratings for a single person town hall. It's like because they don't normally give one person a whole entire hour platform. If you have a town hall, it's supposed to be all the candidates running. It, there was actually even more caveats in that. It was like for best single best record for a uh, single person town hall uh uh in an election like running for uh in a presidential election town hall like they they had to throw that caveat in because bernie's town hall still got higher ratings when he had just the right generalized health care issues of course because they're trying to make her into something because her real poll numbers are like five to seven percent depending on who you poll Mm -hmm. and they're trying to pretend that she's a front runner uh, you know, they, they don't ask her every time Bernie talks about Medicare for all the, immediately the fucking piece of shit journalists are like, well, how are you going to pay for it? I mean, you mean, how are you going to spend that extra $2 trillion we're going to have you fucking morons, but they don't ask Kamala Harris, how are you going to pay for it when she says Medicare for all, because they know she doesn't really support Medicare for all. So they're not going to yeah. attack her on it. Yeah, no, that's the game. Jake Tapper knows that like, of course you don't actually believe in that. You're just saying that because you're going to, yeah. 
you know, hedge on it later. So yeah, her town hall. Uh, did you? Uh, how much did you watch the whole thing? Or you just saw clips of it. I don't care to watch her because it's, I'm not like somebody who's like, well, maybe she'll come up. Like I don't fucking trust a thing she says. Oh, of she course, said she supported Medicare for all. It only took 24 hours before she was like, well, actually, I would still support a system that would keep the uh-huh. private insurers in place. It's like so. Well, I suffered. <laughs> well, so I, I I suffered for the for the good of the audience through the uh, through the yeah. town hall, just so I could report into you. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it was it was an hour of just complete substanceless uh, bullshit. She's not at all an engaging speaker. She's fucking dry and boring and droll. Um, she never answers a question with a straight answer you know i'm not not, i'm not telling anyone anything that they don't already know but the only question she really uh got her dander up for was somebody asked her a really good question about her career as a prosecutor and how she said that she's he's like well basically you've you've you know uh positioned yourself as a progressive prosecutor but your record as a uh attorney general in california would seem to contradict that you've uh, you ran on a tough on crime model and you, uh, she, he brought up a couple things like her office refusing to release nonviolent drug offenders and her office, uh, defending the death penalty, which I didn't even realize. Like there's so many little things we find that finding out about her that make her even worse. Um, oh, and yeah. she, so, and her answer, she got really defensive. She's like, I stand by my record and this and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> didn't address any of the things that, he said like she just fucking lies like she just so effortlessly lies that i see why the hillary people let it latched on to her because she's very much hillary 2.0 oh, yeah just before we came on on facebook of all places facebook usually is where i'll see memes from twitter like a weeks later uh but the people have been not wasting any time trying to take her down but it was basically a meme of just um you know the scooby-doo kids pulling off, you know, capturing Kamala Harris and pulling off her mask. And it's actually just Hillary Clinton underneath. And she's like happy about it. Like, finally, I'm finally here. Uh, there was another, there was another funny one where, where, where it was, uh, they live and it was Roddy Piper, uh, had the sunglasses off and it was Kamala and he put them on and it was Jeff Sessions. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, and he's just like, nah, like I, I can finally admit who I really am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you mentioned that she uh, in the town hall, they asked her, you know, do you support Medicare for all? And she said, yes, unequivocally, I support Medicare for all. And um, Jake Tapper, always the errand boy for, you know, corporate America was like, well, you know, that that uh, what about uh, people who like health care that they get through their insurer or through their employer, which is a stupid fucking, you know, point, of course, from Jake Tapper. And she was like, no, let's just do away with all that. You know, we're just going to. So, you know, of course, no, I didn't believe her for a second, but it was like, oh, wow, that's a you know strong answer. Good way to, you know, at least uh, take a strong stance. So uh, this is literally from, you know, less than 24 hours after. Uh, <laughs> uh, breaking Senator Kamala Harris changes her stance on health care in under 24 hours after her CNN town hall. As the as the Fuhrer grew, a Harris advisor said. Uh, she would also be open to the more moderate healthcare care uh, reform plans, which would preserve the industry. Uh, so as the Fuhrer grew, which I'm sure was not like, you know, Fuhrer from voters. It was the Fuhrer of no, like. It was a phone call. Hey, she got a phone yeah, call. The, she got like one phone call from, you know, the fucking CEO of Aetna or something. Like, uh, we're going to give you money. So what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you right. pretending that you're going right. to get rid of health care? You know? Well, yeah, and she's they, a fucking liar. Of course. Well, and it's it's not that 
you know, we we know the kind of people that can get elected without that corporate money. Kamala Harris is not one of those people. She's not inspiring. She's not a good speaker. She's got a terrible record. So she needs the money to, to win. That's that's as simple as it comes, you know. Uh, so it's yeah, it's, it's awful. Um, and of course, there's people who are trying to boost for her saying, well, she's just as progressive as Bernie and she'll do just as good a job. So why would you support somebody, you know, who has been supporting that issue for 40 years over somebody who just uh, dabbled in it for 24 hours? They're totally the same. Yeah, of course. No, she totally believes it. So there were some other interesting, uh, you know, she she also mentioned that she, uh, to that same questioner, she said that uh, she does not personally support the death penalty. She's always been opposed to the death penalty. And she upheld it um, as a matter of principle because her job as the attorney general is to uphold the laws that the people elected her to uh, uphold, uh, which, uh, you know, sounds good. Sounds like a good answer. I mean, it's not a good answer, but it sounds like a a decent answer until you look into the fact that her office actually uh, filed an injunction to overrule a lower court decision to overturn the death penalty in California. So she went out of her way to keep the death penalty in California when a lower court ruled that it was unconstitutional. So right. that seems to not really jive with what well, she was saying. There's um, no there's no mandatory death penalty for any case. That's still an option for punishment, right? Uh-huh. So even if that was the law of the land that the state had the death penalty, you're under no obligation as a as a as an attorney general or prosecutor to push for it. it. You could yeah. certainly say, yeah, well, that's that's the law of the land, but I'm not going to personally use it. I'm going to re- recommend life in prison every time over the death penalty. That I mean, so she's just full of shit. She's just lying. Yeah, and just so effortlessly and and with indignance. And I mean, if you, uh, if you are against something, like it, you literally. And and our lower court rules in your favor and 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 you know towards your view. Are you going to go out of your way to try to overturn a lower court ruling? Of course, fucking not. That means you support it, you know, wholeheartedly. If you're actually trying to defend it, you know, in court, like there's it, that's she's just fucking full of shit. Like it's un, it's unreal how right. easily. Well, she it, and this is just a, a great example of when people say, well, you know, if women just took over the world, it'd be a less violent, more compassionate world. <laughs> And, you know, Margaret Thatcher, uh, Golden Meyer, Hillary Clinton have all proved that to be total bullshit. Um, oh, I, yeah, I, no, I think it's more likely it would be a more peaceful world. But as long as you got people like Kamala Harris that want to prove that black women can be just as ruthless of a cop as a white man, there's not going to be any fucking change. So, you know, to that note, there was another uh a lot of videos of her have surfaced uh, this week because people have gone through speeches, public speeches she's given, um, you know, where maybe she never uh, it never occurred to her that, hey, maybe this might be bad to say this stuff in public because it could be used against me later. Um, and it's even more horrible than we thought. So I want to play a little audio. I actually have some audio from that. I want to play the yeah, clip. This and then is, we'll, uh, this is, uh, um, uh, this, yeah. this, this is this next open, level psychotic. Just describing this audio to people. They've gone. What? What the fuck? Like they don't they don't believe that somebody could be this callous. Mm-hmm. I would not be standing here were it not for the education I received. And I know men of, many of us will say the same thing. And I believe a child going without an education is tantamount to a crime. So I decided I was going to start prosecuting parents for truancy. 
Well, this was a little controversial in San Francisco. <laughs> and frankly, my staff went bananas. They were very concerned because we didn't know at the time whether I was going to have an opponent in my reelection race. But I said, look, I'm done. This is a serious issue, and I've got a little political capital, and I'm going to spend some of it. And this is what we did. We recognized that in that initiative, as a prosecutor and law enforcement, I have a huge stick. The school district has got a carrot. Let's work in tandem around our collective objective and goal, which is to get those kids in school. So to that end, on my letterhead, now let me tell you something about my letterhead. When you're the DA of a major city in this country, usually the job comes with a badge. And there is often an artistic rendering of said badge on your stationery. So I sent a letter out on my letterhead to every parent in the school district outlining the connection that was statistically proven between elementary school truancy, high school dropouts, who will become a victim of crime, and who will become a perpetrator of crime. We sent it out to everyone. A friend of mine actually called me and he said, Kamala, my wife got the letter. She freaked out. She brought all the kids into the living room, held up the letter, said, if you don't go to school, Kamala's going to put you and me in jail. <laughs> yes, we achieved intended effect. I mean, she's a fucking lunatic. That's 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 some psycho that's fucking just sociopath. Yeah, taking glee with separating families, stealing their parents away from the children, putting them in jail. Gleefully. And, and this is this is the same thing as fucking Donald Trump. You know, they want to make people afraid to come to the border, so they they tear the kids away from the parents they may never see again. And and they want to use that as a deterrent. She just she talked about a carrot and a stick. That's not a carrot and a stick is when you have an incentive to get someone to do something. She's using that stick to beat people psychologically, right? And she's citing this these fucking stats about truancy and becoming then becoming a, a perpetrator of crime. You know what the single largest because I've studied crime data, so I know the fucking I know this is a fact. The biggest indicator that somebody will will from childhood grow up to later commit violent crime is having their parents taken away from them and incarcerated for petty crimes like truancy that is the single most disruptive thing you can do to a child is to take their parents away from them for months or years and they are vastly vastly more likely to become a perpetrator of violent crime because of that so the fact that she doesn't know that fact or she does and doesn't care and laughs about it makes her a fucking monster yeah, I mean, and it's just fucking common sense. And, you know, uh, a lot of people have pointed this out. Who do you think this is going to more adversely affect? Rich, white, middle class uh, people? No, it's going to affect poor black people because they're outworking. They have to take the fucking 6 a.m. bus to the, you know, minimum wage job. They can't wake up and, you know, take their make sure their kids are going. Yeah, to overwhelmingly school. is going to harm poor people. Now, of course, again, we're talking San Francisco where. I think the you know they've already locked up most of their poor people uh, just for existing. But uh, yeah, and she even says like her her own staff was horrified, and then she laughs about it and cackles, just like ha 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 ha. I've got political her, capital. Her staff must be the most clueless uh, staff in the world because she did the same thing when she claimed she supported Medicare for all. She's like, I didn't tell my staff. <laughs> like she's just a fucking just she's such a piece of shit. Like I, yeah. I, I my skin crawls like when I hear her fucking talk like this. It's like. This is another, I mean, you could not be more right wing with with that kind of statement about 
you know, caring about education. So we're going to incarcerate the parents if they don't go to school. Well, one of her favorite politicians is BB Netanyahu. So that shouldn't, you know, I guess that shouldn't oh, yeah. surprise oh, us. Of course. But she, she fucking loves BB. Fucking bloodbath. So yeah. So uh, someone actually had a tweet out. Uh, his name's Pepsi Tom on Twitter. Uh, my mom almost got hit by Kamala Harris's bullshit truancy law because she let me stay home from school sometimes to be mentally ill so I wouldn't have to have a breakdown in front of people. What would really have helped me uh, then would, would be if my single mother was in fucking prison. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of people like in my, you know, family who have dealt with, you know, mental illness issues and have missed days and days of school and, and, you know, the, to imagine that a member of my, like, it's just so fucking backwards and, and regressive and, and she's a fucking cop. Like we say that. And like, it, it's not just a fucking slogan or a saying or a funny thing. No, she's yeah, a fucking cop in every sense. Of, she's just, a fascist. Talking about That's what sending I mean. out uh, letters to parents with the, with the law enforcement badge on the letterhead. Uh, she refers to her, she referred to herself as attorney general as the state's top cop. So it's not a, you know, we're not, we're not just calling her that because we don't like her. I mean, we don't like her because of her awful, terrible cop policies. Yeah, she also had a speech uh, where she where she walked around pretending to carry a picket signing, a picket sign, uh, making fun of people who said who say build more uh, build schools, not jails, or something to that effect. And she was like, thought thought it was hilarious that people would uh, try to you know reform the criminal justice system. Like she she's a fucking right winger. Uh, and nobody should forget that she is a right winger because what was her reason for not for not wanting to let nonviolent you know drug users out of jails because that would uh, harm the state's uh, prison labor pool right yeah yeah, the the, the prison the the, uh, state's slave labor pool so doesn't want more schools but wants to keep more people in jail i mean she is she is the school to prison pipeline kamala harris yeah (laughs) <laughs> that should be your slogan kamala harris 2020 school to prison pipeline <laughs> um uh yeah so yeah I, we're gonna be talking a lot more about her because the establishment seems to have uh picked their favorite um she's already gotten two endorsements from sitting congress people uh ted Lou and uh kate hill i think her name is uh two two congress uh congress persons and uh she hasn't announced a single uh piece of policy on her website she doesn't even have a policy section on her website oh, she's got merch uh, though. she's got merch she's got merch uh it the, the, the elections is almost two years out i mean it, this is fucking ridiculous they're just doing it all over again of course by the way those two people are super delegates like they're doing it all over again they're they're, they're just fucking already right yeah they're it, gonna make the same just, mistake forever but you know that's they're they'll do whatever they have to do to stop burning just like last time that's what this election's really about so i i wonder if bernie's holding off because he's kind of just like waiting for all the the fives to burn out you know right before <laughs> before he has a 10 announces himself uh just just so he doesn't well, have to the big hitters of them. yeah he might be waiting Biden out because I, I like it's it's interesting that Biden, Beto and Bernie have not announced yet because those seem to be the three kind of, you know, top tier. Yeah, like and and, I, and and Biden's still got higher numbers than Bernie amongst only Democratic loyalists. But, you know, amongst the general population, like I, you get him out there and the more he talks, the more people are just like, Ooh, so I forgot how bad he is. <laughs> Almost every poll, though, that 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 showed Biden with like a 10 point lead on Bernie has been flawed in terms of its uh, sample size, because it's, again, 
they pull uh they're pulling skews heavily towards the older uh demographics because they still use antiquated polling methods you see polls like the uh democracy for america poll or uh, a couple other straw polls like that and bernie's actually leading like significantly so i i don't i think it's the polling is still very flawed and i and i foresee a lot of michigans this year which is a good sign you know like that's it'll be interesting well let's just put it that way it'll be i don't want to you know jinx anything but i think it'll be an interesting primary well again so i just um i heard that uh the or i read online sort of an unofficial sign that uh one of the um state our revolution facebook pages that had i would assume at least a couple 10 more tens of thousands of followers um Mm -hmm. that they were sort of retooling because they were turning their page over to Bernie's uh, essentially uh, on the ground in Michigan campaign people, which says to me that like, they're about to, they're very close to announcing, like they're getting all of their social media platforms ready, getting all their teams in place for it. Right. So I would imagine within the next couple of weeks uh, it's going to happen. So uh, it was already reported in the news, I think on Thursday or Friday, yeah, we kid. talked about it last week. Actually, it was so it must have been like two. I don't think it was in the news yet, technically, uh, at that time. Well, no, there was that story where it was like Bernie imminently announces. I th- I think we announced. I think we talked. About, I don't know. I don't I remember. But that was, event, uh, yes, yeah, I these, thought that was on Friday. I thought that was on Friday or maybe. Saturday that that was that came out. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, people I mean, are writing articles. Yahoo News isn't exactly like you know accurate with a lot of no. shit. It's just people no. you know kind of post stuff, but. But yeah, so, um, well, you know, we talked about Hillary 2.0. We should briefly talk about Hillary 1.0 because, uh, you know, the power of Christ compels us. She will not let us just fucking ignore her. Um, There was another article this week about how Hillary has not closed the door yet on running in 2020. Um, So I guess all these uh, centrists are going to have to take their endorsement of Kamala Harris back if that happens um because you know mother will demand it i i just i i i you know i hope she runs i hope she fucking does run because it'll be hilarious she'll she'll get fucking crushed in the primaries like she'll do worse than she did last time like there's no way she doesn't do worse (laughs) she can always do worse that's true um but you know i just i don't they just they want a war they know an all-out war within the party is the only way to stop Bernie, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're never going to have. They don't care about unity. They talk about unity all day long, but it, the, when, no, I mean they, unity means shut the fuck up and do what we say, right? Right. Well, I, you know, it's just it's like the the people out there that say, well, Bernie shouldn't run. It's going to divide the party. What won't divide the party is having seventeen people run. And it's just like, do you understand how fucking math works? Like the running the person who is the most popular representative in the country would unite the party. What divides the party is having 17 different people running for president. Like that's, but that's their goal is, is if they have enough people run, then no one person will have enough to win without the superdelegates. And they'll just crown whoever the fuck they want to crown. Who's going to be a shill for wall street. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly people thinking that that's their plan. I I, I think it's still going to end up failing, but we'll see. I mean, it, it really, I guess, depends. It really depends on how, how. 
I think they want to get a lot of 10, 15 percenters on the, uh, like on, on, you know, primary days, like, cause that can, that would prevent Bernie from getting the requisite number of regular pledge delegates. Um, but I think that that's wishful thinking. I think if anything, it'll be closer to Bernie getting about 40% of the delegates, Biden getting about 40% of the delegate or whoever, you know, and then other people picking up, you know, two to five percent of the delegates so i think their plan won't work but we'll we'll see i mean i, I hope it won't fucking work well it, it's just you see a lot of people where they all look sort of like they're on equal footing and they get one debate and those numbers change real fast right where where one it's like you know your your lincoln chafee dies out with 0.5 percent and you're like oh why don't why didn't he get 10 percent because people just yeah. didn't care <laughs> you know um oh joe biden is gonna fucking plummet after the first debate because he is awful he much like hillary clinton literally every time he opens his mouth his poll numbers go down that's he's run for president twice people forget he ran in like the 80s or the 90s and he also ran in 2008 and he's fucking awful he's an awful campaigner he's an awful fucking politician he's a right winger you know he joked this week about how uh people said that one of his issues would be uh, if he ran for president, it would be that he likes Republicans too much, and he's like, "Well, bless me, Father, for I have sinned," and crossed himself. Like, yeah, he's great. That, that's something to fucking brag about. No, he's just fucking like senile. that's something to brag about when Republicans are, you know, fucking Hitler Youth right now. Like, that's totally what you should brag about. Like, what is wrong? Yeah, he had to debate Sarah Palin to look good. You know, like that's the only time <laughs> yeah. he's ever debated somebody, and I was just like, "Damn, he's fucking stop kicking her. She's dead already." <laughs> I don't remember who Mitt Romney's running mate was. What's that? You I don't even remember who Mitt Romney's running running mate was. Oh yeah, I don't know. You? No, <laughs> I don't. that's that's how that's how uninspiring they were. Fuck. Um, Did oh, he well. have a running? No. He, oh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was his running oh, mate. Oh, there you go. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember, remember the the Biden uh, Sarah Palin debate really well because I watched in a theater with like five hundred people uh, where they were serving beer. Um, and it was just, it was constant laughter. Just con- you couldn't even hear half the <laughs> shit they said. It was people were just dying laughing. Um, but yeah, that was uh, someday I'm gonna go back and watch that. But I kind of, I it made me wish that, like, because they're both so such fucking oddballs. It made me wish that they had to like <laughs> have multiple debates instead of just one, right? Because yeah. it was, it was just like, oh god, it was so funny. And it wasn't that I necessarily agreed with the stuff Biden was saying. I mean, by contrast to Sarah Palin, probably, but. Um, yeah, and I got, yeah, you know, he, he spent every minute of his life since then attacking the left and attacking, uh, you know, things like single payer, um, talking about oh, our wars are so great, talking about how, uh, you know, it's just fine that we have as many billionaires as possible, um, things like that. So, yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, so Hillary uh, is is toying with running again. And one of the reasons cited in the article was that. Uh, she feels vindicated now that all this Roger Stone news is coming out and she thinks that the walls are closing in on on Trump. So she's basically trying to claim victory um, because of the Roger Stone thing, which, again, he's not uh, being charged with anything to do with Trump-Russia collusion. Everything he's being charged with is for lying once Mueller started investigating him. And an obstruction right. of justice, right? Because he's a fucking buffoon, and he tries well, to. If, if you, you know, if you, you played his status, MSC, if you pulled MSNBC voters and said, "Well, what was 
uh, Roger Stone arrested for, they probably would say, well, because he talked to WikiLeaks, right? It, which, mm-hmm. of course, there's been zero proof of. I read all the stuff in the news about that. And they were, I was like, so what's what's the evidence he ever talked to WikiLeaks? Well, he claims that he had someone on the inside of WikiLeaks he was in contact with and that he had advanced knowledge of things that are going to be leaked. And then you look at the things he actually said, and he was only commenting on things that had already been publicized after they were publicized. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, whether well, he... Well, they'll cite that bullshit Guardian story, which... Uh, was basically debunked and the guardian just pretended oh, like it, it never was, happened yeah, and it never issued a retraction. Debunked. It was com- Glenn Greenwald just tore that to shreds and said, you know, there's no fucking way that somebody, you know, snuck into the most heavily surveilled building <laughs> in the world uh, and was allowed to meet with him without checking in his passport. Number. Three times, three times, On three different occasions they said he met with him. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like, do you know anything? You're a fucking newspaper. I'm just a podcaster and I knew that never happened. How did I know that happened? Never happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just, it's preposterous. So yeah, she's fucking delusional uh, and she'll never let go because she is just the most power hungry human being uh, ever to enter DC politics, I think. Um, but again, it'll be hilarious if she tries to run again. So, uh, you know, I hope we don't have to talk about her anymore, but I'm sure that it's that's just, not going to be an option. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's going to be with Kamala. It's going to be the exact same mo anyway. So we'll just, you know, update the Hillary memes with uh, Kamala Harris memes and <laughs> go forward. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been a little disappointed yeah. with Bernie lately too. Um, you know, yeah. In, in, in waiting for him to announce, he said a couple things, very neoliberal talking point things about. Venezuela, Venezuela. Uh, and against the BDS movement where I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, don't don't make us feel have mixed feelings about waiting for you to announce now. So he. Yeah, the, the, the BDS thing, he was like, well, I don't support BDS, but I, you know, don't also don't support this bill, which takes which, you know, good on him for not supporting the bill. It's a bullshit bill, the bill to criminalize BDS and criminalize protests, but also why the fuck don't you support BDS, Bernie? Like you have talked about, and he's very good when he talks about the rights of Palestinians and the crimes of Israel. So what is your solution then to fix the issue? If not to be to boycott, divest and sanction Israel, which is what we did to South Africa in the eighties during apartheid and it actually worked. So like, I don't, what, what's your solution, Bernie? If it's it, not, it's BDS. Right. You know, and he tweeted out something yesterday about, we have to create peace and justice throughout the world. And it's like, well, how the fuck do you think you do that when one side can kill with an impunity? You do it through an economic boycott, a peaceful economic boycott, exactly like we mm-hmm. did in South Africa. And I, I've seen a lot of other people get on this case, people that we follow uh, about it too, just saying like, how can you say that? How could you possibly look at the situation and see the injustice of it and think that at the very least an economic boycott is not called for in that case? Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing. Um, I mean, he is Jewish, uh, which means he would have a lot of cover to actually support BDS if he wanted to. Um, it's still, you know, the Israel lobby in fucking Washington is one of, if not the most powerful lobby. And it's, uh, they've made it really difficult as a politician to come out in support of BDS because they uh, just tear you to shreds and label you an anti-Semite. Uh, you know, they would call Bernie a self-hating Jew. They already call him that, even though he doesn't even support BDS. So, it, you know, it's 
it, it's just, it's unfortunate. Uh, I still think he's one of the better voices of of the sitting Congress people, but he's still really inadequate on that issue. Um, and that's you know, hey, that's something we'll have to keep pushing him on. And I think that's the difference between Bernie supporters and Hillary supporters is we don't try to pretend that everything that the candidate does is awesome and that no policy of theirs is uh, wrong and that we will defend whatever they say and take it as gospel. Like, no, Bernie's not good on a lot of issues. He's better than every other person running for president, but he's still bad on a lot of issues. Right. And he needs to be pushed. You know, he's, he's uh, more interventionist than I'd like him to be. He's, not as strong uh, uh, in condemning this coup that's going on in Venezuela, this public out in the open coup. Uh, he's He's been, you know, negative on it, but he's still like spewing these kind of establishment lines about Maduro being a brutal dictator and like all this shit. And I'm like, dude, you know, and, you know, and Boots Riley has been really fucking good about this whole Venezuela situation. He's been tweeting a lot of information and articles relating to it and how the media is not covering all the incredibly large pro Maduro protests from the actual uh, brown Venezuelans, basically the poor brown Venezuelans. It's the uh, equivalent of the upper class uh, white liberals uh, in Venezuela that are uh, part of the opposition. But it, the, the media is totally, you know, painting a bullshit picture of what's happening. There. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, Even TYT still says, well, we shouldn't be intervening, but Maduro is definitely a dictator. It's like, yeah, Anna based, says it all the time. Based or, on what? Based on what are you saying that? And then she's like, well, then he, I, my oh. fucking head exploded like the other day. <laughs> yeah. She was like, well, obviously. So, you know, obviously the uh, election that he was elected in was a sham election. Is But obviously we know that. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? Did the. Every uh, election observer that that witnessed the 2018 election said it was uh, legitimate. The uh, Maduro invited in the U.N. election inspectors. The opposition party uh, begged the inspectors not to come in and observe the elections so that they can later on declare that they were illegitimate, even though that they were, leg- you know, by all accounts, they seem to be legitimate. I think she'll see they, she, she knows it isn't true just a like bolster her the one point she's trying to make that is true to try to say like look how, look how reasonable research, i am maybe. yeah like look how reasonable i am to agree with mm-hmm. all these other uh you know centrist right-wing talking points about venezuela but then to think that a coup isn't worthy it's like well if you really thought all those things you could almost that undermines your argument because you're you know yeah. if it wasn't a legitimate election that's only bolstering the argument that it, that a coup is is reasonable Right. So by so, by having it both ways, you're actually helping the opposition and in, in undermining the point. Yeah. So and and look, and I'm not saying Maduro is an awesome leader and I'm not just doing this, you know, to capitulate like he uh, is not. He was not as good of a leader as Chavez. He just didn't he, he didn't manage the country as well. That being said, he's not at all what people portray him as. He's he, he's just you know, he's not up to the challenge of of running the country quite as well but he's also had uh opposition forces from the u.s working to destabilize and overthrow him since he took office you know hugo chavez was an incredibly popular figure and an incredibly um unifying force in venezuela and once he got sick and then eventually you know uh died it 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 was really hard for anyone to maintain he he really helped keep the right wing capitalist forces at bay in that country. 
and the opposition right now that 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 is declaring themselves you know uh the new government the the the, the opposition leader that declared himself president you know despite the fact that he didn't run in the election and received zero votes um the opposition are fucking terrorists. Like they, they tried to kill Abby Martin when she was like reporting on the ground there. She told, she tells like a really harrowing story about like, like escaping them, like barely like, you know, being chased through the streets by them. They uh, were involved in that. They were the ones who attempted to blow Maduro up with a drone filled with explosives like last year. Yeah. Which the U.S. had a hand in, by the way. They well, were talking to them like it, in the weeks before that. People who don't realize how often shit like that happens, you know, downwards where reporters are routinely killed in the streets, you know, where there'll be a crowd of people and all of a sudden just a cameraman gets shot. And then it's like, well, who shot them? Well, clearly the people who didn't want to be filmed, <clears throat> which would be the you know opposition type folks or right wing uh, death squad type folks down there. So, uh, yeah, the, the rise of uh, journalists being killed worldwide is um, it's it's growing through the roof. It used to be like a sacred thing. If you were press, you were considered neutral. And now with the with social media, it's like they'll they'll they know the power that uh, journalists really have. But yeah, and then but these right wing leader, these right wing opposition uh, figures are like basically terrorists. Like they're not trying to win elections. They don't want to participate in the democracy there. They want to use the have the U.S. overthrow the democratically elected government of Venezuela uh, and put in a puppet so that the U.S. can take over oil production. John Bolton has been super transparent about the fact that he wants U.S. companies to take over oil production in Venezuela. Like they're not even being subtle about it. They're just saying it out in the open in press briefings. It's unreal. Like I've never seen such a brazen coup attempt in my life. And the crazy thing is that a bunch of fucking liberals support it. I have a tweet here. Nancy Pelosi, America stands by the people of Venezuela as they rise up against authoritarian rule and demand respect for human rights and democracy. <laughs> Right. The fucking the fuck the fucking House Foreign Affairs Committee uh put out a video saying we refuse to recognize the legitimacy of Maduro's presidency. That's why uh Representative Elliot Engel, Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Rep- Representative Shalala, and Representative uh Debbie Powell uh oh, hang on, I lost the tweet. Uh, are joining to introduce legislation to support the people of Venezuela and to hold the illegitimate president accountable for the crisis he created. By, you know, the by president was legitimately elected twice. Is he illegitimate? <laughs> they just don't like him. Yeah. Well, we talked about this last week. It's just, it's whoever, whoever declares themselves to be the winner uh, and has the support of all the right wingers in the U.S. is you know somehow more... Um, valid than the person who actually won the election but if they're on the left of course they're in fact they're anyway yeah um it, yeah it's it's just it's just it's just so fucking gross to see the, the the just the naked attempts to um to just overthrow a democratically elected government so we can steal their natural resources which is a war crime so you know that that's cool that we've we've progressed to the level of late stage capitalism where we're not even trying to pretend we're not doing that anymore um getting back to what oh, works like argentina or chile i mean oh but i i, I want to mention just uh, just in case anyone wasn't quite sure uh that 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 this is uh that this is you know as disgusting as it is uh trump appointed uh elliot abrams to be the special envoy to uh venezuela elliot abrams <laughs> was one of the chief architects of the iran contra scandal like he was one of the chief figures in the iran contra scandal uh he is 
comically villainous. Like if you see this guy talk. Well, uh, and so, it's, yeah, it's like these are all the people that committed crimes were convicted of crimes back during the you know Nixon administration or the Ford administration. And they just wait it out. They just wait long enough until people don't remember what any of that even means anymore. Uh, and it's not as though journalists are going to cover, you know, what what those people did, because the news is all owned by war, con- uh, war contractors now. So, uh, yeah, it's, I'm just like, well, why wouldn't he do that on day one? You know, why wouldn't he just hire that guy yeah. like that on day one? There's no, if you're going to pull the mask off, just fucking do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on there. I, I also recommend anyone that uh, listens to this, check out this week's episode of uh, Intercepted, uh, Jeremy Scahill's podcast. Uh, he uh, has a lot of really good context on Venezuela. He interviews a couple of people, uh, journalists who was very prominent uh, during the Iran-Contra scandal, who debated Elliot uh, Abrams on live TV and said he should be uh, thrown in jail for war crimes, which is awesome. Said it to his fucking face. Um and he also interviews uh, one of one of Chavez's uh, ex advisor. Like there, there's a couple of interesting uh, tidbits that uh, I gleaned from that. So that's worth yeah. listening. But um, so they, they yeah, also so, AOC was on the Intercepted podcast too, right? Yes, that was uh, excellent. Uh, by the way, that was a that was that wasn't this episode. That was like the previous episode. She right. actually got interviewed by. Uh, Ryan Grimm, who's one of their, I think he's their DC bureau chief. He does a lot of he really is, reporting. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Brianna, uh, Joy, or Ray Joy. What the fuck? What's her name? Brianna Joy Gray. Uh, I thought it was Brianna Newsom. No. Or is that right? No, no, no. Who am I no. thinking of? I, Brianna, I don't know. She's, she's a really good, uh, reporter also for the intercepts. I, uh, you know despite the fact i can't remember the order of her last name but she's actually a really good reporter so they both interviewed see here i do yeah we we both do i believe but she um her her and ryan interviewed aoc and there was also an old uh sitting congress uh former sitting congressman uh who sat on the uh house financial services committee where uh aoc sits now uh and it was a really interesting interview she ended up talking uh, she ended up kind of interviewing this this former congressman about uh, the 2008 financial crisis and how the you know the banks like it it it, it was it was pretty fascinating. I, I highly recommend anyone check it out. And um, yeah, I, you know it, it. She this is it's it's something that again I think that she gets the way new media works in a way that a lot of congress people don't get like in the way that maybe almost none get because she goes on this podcast and she's not like stuffy and she doesn't give like kamala harris type answers she really just kind of sits in like bullshits with them and at the end after they finish talking to the congressman she just kind of shoots the shit with them they start talking about uh how uh, how centrists basically virtue signal on things like talking about racism but then never provide solutions to to fix systematic racism and oppression and and it was really just a kind of fascinating look into the way that a politician in in the model of of an AOC is going to have to conduct themselves going forward where you're just it you can really endear yourself to the public by just being a real fucking person like i i'm just constantly amazed by how much of a real person she comes across as you know like i i, I just so not used to it from a politician 
So I, I, I enjoyed that uh, from checking that out. Speaking of podcasts, um, the Cranstein brothers debuted their podcast. Did you have a chance to listen to little, some of the clips from that fucking train wreck? I, I cannot believe that those voices come out of those bodies like that. That was the biggest shock to me uh, from from hearing their their podcast. I mean, I, and I, I, <laughs> OK, so they're clearly both gay men. They're they're clearly twins. And if they're not fucking each other, they're about to they like they've been had the longest sexual tension of any two gay brother twins I've ever heard of. It was the first the first 30 seconds they announce how old they are together right which the only the only time somebody who introduces himself and says what their age is is like a proud four-year-old right a 37 year old adult does not do that and then of course they're like but actually it's been more like 38 years if you count all the cuddling we did in the womb and it's just like oh fucking oh i'm gonna throw up <laughs> yeah it was just a weird I, they're just they're just so weird like what is their deal like i don't I, you know i like they're obviously grifters but like i don't think i don't think they they're grifters, they're grifters though i think they're just dumb they're just stupid dumb idiots who <laughs> like if you hear the jokes they make they're terrible and you're like was well, that I used like to think a they were doing it like I, I thought it was a yeah no they're i just they're they're really so fucking goofy i, I can't get uh, yeah. over how goofy they are well, so there was somebody else who um, did a, a clip where they, they lowered the pitch on the voices and they're like, here, I, I pitched it down so they sound like normal people aside from the crazy things they're saying. <laughs> and yeah, it actually sounded like two normal voices. But the thing is like, they, you can't tell which one's talking. It just sounds like one person talking to themselves, right? Because their voices are just like the same high high pitched squeaky sound that you, you just feel like you're listening to one person who's insane. And maybe, I mean, I've only seen one video of the two of them. Right. So for a long time, I thought, like, isn't that just one guy? Isn't that like does this guy have like a multiple personality disorder or something? I love how uh, people refer. I think Adam Johnson over at Fair refers to them by their colors. And they, he goes, oh, the red Krasenstein uh, the other day said yeah. that Blue one. <laughs> because, they, one. you know, uh, there's the one there's the one dickhead who who has like the, the aviator cop shades on in his avatar. And then there's the red Krasenstein who has like the red button down, like fucking hollister shirt. smiling like the like fucking terminator mm. 2 smiling right yeah yeah so it yeah they're they're absurd um but no ao so speaking of aoc though uh there was an interesting article today uh i think it was in politico uh of course because that's where every uh establishment democrat goes to cry about aoc and how she's making their life miserable um about how uh, a bunch of unnamed congress per- uh, people were uh, imploring the New York State uh, Democrats to primary AOC uh, in, in 2020, which is fucking hilarious. Like, you you get this person who becomes this overnight sensation, the most you know most popular figure among millennials, has 2.6 million and climbing Twitter followers, and your first instinct is, oh, we have to get rid of her immediately. Like that, that's, um. Because she's fucking terrifies them because she's gaining so much momentum and she has so much political capital and political power right now and clout uh, that they really, I think, are right. Panic. They're, she's they're terrified of winning on the issues. They're terrified of victory. Right. They don't want to win. They want to funnel money from corporations into the party and they're fine with losing losing is fine as uh our, our friend uh peter douche is 
happy to hashtag often. Um, the funniest thing about that article, though, pardon me, was that they were citing other people. First of all, they were complaining, saying there's people that have been waiting 20 years for that seat, for Joe Crowley's seat. It's like, <laughs> so you're just admitting just you fucking... don't believe in fucking democracy right there. Like it's a, yeah. like it's just a fucking, like you get your turn, right? It's like, no, that's... Until Gillibrand got her seat, Hillary bequeathed it to her. But then they're, just, they're talking about like, you know, crown, you know, rights to the throne, some kind of bullshit like that. And then they're citing people who, uh, you, you know, who have clearly not been around for 20 years, like julius alazar that just won a senate seat in the state of new york um who's already been doing great shit she's proposing a bill that would basically uh impose the same oh what was it oh the right to re-sign a lease uh for basically all renters not just low-income renters right because currently it's like once oh, wow. once your lease is up yeah. you don't have a right to declare well i want to live here for another year your landlord can just put you in a month to month and kick you out whenever they want, right? It would also put a cap on the amount that uh, landlords can increase your rent between leases, right? So she's doing great shit, but she's brand new. And I, I tweeted at this out. I was like, "Did the, if anyone who doesn't think that uh, Julie Salazar is to the left AOC, like you better fucking start doing your homework." <laughs> the other person they cited is a guy on the New York City Council named uh, Jimmy Van Bramer who I wasn't really familiar with until really today um, because I was watching the, um, the, the hearings for Amazon trying to get their, their new headquarters uh, built in uh, Long Island city. And they were just getting fucking reamed. Uh, everyone on that council had nothing good to say about Amazon. Uh, Jimmy Van Bramer basically said, you know, what are you even doing here? If you're doing business with ice and you're anti-union, what are you doing here? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just, I was like, fuck yeah, fucking kick him down a flight of stairs. Um, and yeah, like every person on the city council said, you know, you, you, you oppose paying these living wages till you were forced to. Uh, you're anti-union. You are, you know, the work you do for ICE with facial recognition uh, undermines our status as a sanctuary, as a sanctuary city. Uh, and this whole, this whole scam of giving you billions of dollars to create uh, only about 30 local jobs. The rest will all be people flown in from out, you know, outside the city. It, it's the same fucking plan that never has worked. Uh, at one point, someone else yep. on the council said, you know, do you, do you subscribe to trickle down economics? And the guy said, well, no, no, no. And he's like, well, that's exactly what this scam you're pulling is. This <laughs> is more trickle down Reaganomics. Um, so wow. yeah, again, whoever they, whoever these anonymous people are quoting these political articles who to bash AOC, these cowards who want to bash AOC, uh, for actually fighting for something, um, clearly doesn't know who the constituency is or who these other people they're citing who would be better than her are because they're all probably to her left. <laughs> if you can believe. Yeah, that. no, I seriously. And, and that's, I mentioned that earlier to you. I, consult political consulting is the biggest grift in the world like i guarantee and that was from a consultant who who gave that list to uh to that that congressperson who wanted to primary people as a list of potential challengers for her seat and it's like they're all to the left of her or, or you know equivalently progressive or you know leftist as she is and they wouldn't want to challenge her anyway they all probably love what she's doing yeah it I, I guarantee you that consultant fucking Googled like New York City progressive picked like three people at random and was like, here, here it is. Here's my bill for my services of $50,000 for the, right. you know, the, the three hours that I look like it, it's such a grift. It's like these people are so that's what I, I can't get over how 
clueless and fucking in a bubble and useless like these people are in, that work in DC. And it's like, we think of them as like, oh, well, they know how the political game is played. No, they fucking don't. They've just been, no. they've been treated just with kick gloves for 50 years. Yeah, they, like, they, they, don't they don't know anything that we know don't know. All they, all they fucking do, like, you know, if anything, we know they more because we actually know, work on these campaigns. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's the thing is you get these terrible candidates running and you're like, who is, who are they paying to tell them that they're this fucking good? Because they're not. So behind every, you know, odd, oddball running for office who can't string a sentence together, there's somebody who probably is very intelligent and knows how to fucking lie to them and gaslight them into thinking that they've got a chance, right? And that's that's a whole business unto itself, just people that jump from candidate to candidate to candidate. Um, you know, and occasionally you find people who actually are really good, but usually it's because they are also good at raising shitloads of money for their own candidate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there was, you know, th- I've, I've worked on campaigns where the opposition were, uh, you know, $200, $200,000 consulting fee for a month like that's how expensive they were right uh giants king makers basically um and if you build the right grassroots campaign you can beat those people no matter how no matter how good their winning streak was there was i was living in a city where i think uh it was for the city hall everyone on city hall uh and the mayor except for one person had all hired the same guy to be their consultant and they'd all won right so like extremely powerful person especially on a city level yeah yeah um well you know nobody is more uh indicative of of what you just described in terms of a candidate being told that they're viable uh to suck gobs and gobs of money out of them than howard schultz uh the uh former ceo of starbucks founder of starbucks who uh is uh supposedly running a uh independent centrist presidential campaign in 2020 um i mean it's just so fucking like literally the the thing that kind of almost heartened me was the immediate reaction from everybody on twitter uh right wingers left wingers donut twitter was like who the fuck asked for this nobody asked for this nobody wants you why are you here go the fuck away like who is asking for a centrist independent candidate to siphon votes away from the democrat like and siphoned votes away from the Republicans, presumably. Nobody's fucking asking for that. Go the fuck away. Like, you, like he literally is such an arrogant fucking moron billionaire that he thinks that he can just come in with zero political experience, zero experience governing, no understanding of policy nuance, and just buy the fucking presidency. And people are just going to accept it and fucking vote for him. Like, that's what he thinks. Because he's afraid that and he's, he's going to lose all of his billions. Uh, yeah. So years ago, when the idea of $15 minimum wage was brand new, and we were running a campaign on at a city level, and everyone thought we were crazy, uh, you know, and then only a couple of years later, it was on a national level. Um, I made a meme out of his face uh, in this, this awful picture of him with just terrible smile. Um, and I barely knew who, who he even was at the time. And, uh, I it just put, you know, guy who thinks $15 an hour is too, too much actually makes $4,000 per hour. That that's how much money he makes is $4,000 per hour. And he thinks that probably more now. you making, you know, $15 an hour is too much. So, uh, there, there was a great article on a Huffington post actually today where they were talking about, uh, the, the memos that Starbucks sent out to all of their chains telling people how to react, right. Or what to say if customers tried to, you know, ask questions about it. 
And of course, you know, completely tone deaf fascist Starbucks talking points memos basically said, um, uh, if we are asked about his political goals or our opinions on it, that we're to say he was a great CEO to work for, but that's where our opinions end. So basically, if you're if you're a low <laughs> lowly worker at Starbucks, you're not allowed to have an opinion or express it, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, uh, he gets to basically use the franchise to uh, to promote his books. You can actually buy his books from Starbucks store because it's all about. And what his most recent book is just even more fucking disgusting. It's called From the Ground Up. Well, guess what, Mr. Moneybags? If you're a fucking billionaire, you did not build anything from the ground up. Someone else built it for you. You do not do. There's no job in the world that pays that much money. You're just getting paid from the money of other people's work. You you literally cannot earn a billion dollars. Like people have made that point. There's you don't earn a billion dollars. You steal a billion dollars from productivity of a bunch of workers that you're paying starvation wages um and fucking over like that's how you get a billion dollars you don't fucking earn a billion dollars and he has almost four billion dollars so <laughs> he's done that four times this over is a great line from the article too this article is just like a it's a really good look at all the outrage against him in real life and online mm-hmm. uh he's talking about his book tour uh heckler has interrupted schultz's manhattan book event twice on monday one of them yelling quote don't help elect trump you egotistical billionaire asshole <laughs> <laughs> i saw the clip of that it was great oh yeah but to see it in print in the news like an actual news yeah article, no it's hilarious um it's just yeah that's great because it goes from like very, that same heckler yeah from very like straightforward just reporting to then that you know it's like well that's that is what was said that a heckler also was like go back to davos with the other out of touch billionaires you fucking moron or whatever <laughs> yeah seriously um, uh so, yeah. side note i, I, I love just, how we we're just totally yeah. Oh yeah, I was watching the uh, the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix last night. Um, oh, it's so good! Oh, it's so it. it's so great because you know you realize like I have friends that work in sort of like event promotions, marketing kind of bullshit like that, and it's so vapid and superficial, and you just like you feel bad for none of the people except for the workers on the island who actually didn't get paid, right? Um, yeah. Since then, there's been a GoFundMe, and they all got paid double what they were promised, which they which is. Which was amazing, right. yeah. But still, like this guy who may be going to jail for fraud, it was only 25 when he did all this. And it's just like these these people, these fucking like loser, like they're, you know, some of them are kind of good looking, some of them are models. But like there's not a, a, an original thought in their, their heads. They're all dumb. And they could believe that they could fit 6,000 people on this tiny island with no bathrooms and no running water. And it's just, it's like they were all like, oh yeah, man, we'll just, we're just going to like, you know, make this thing run on like just money and like positive vibes, man. It's just like, you're fucking idiots. You're all fucking a bunch of rich idiots. And I hope you all go to jail. P- miserable pieces of shit. This, this is like, I mean, these are obviously kids that were born into wealthy families. These are like, they're, yeah, there are a bunch of fail sons. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to see a documentary come out so soon after this happened and to see all of these like rich people, just like oh, it was, I, the, the mattress was wet and they're like crying. It's like, Oh my God, you've never gone like real camping. Were you, did you not grow up a boy scout? No, like never camped out in the fucking snow, never fell through the ice and almost drowned. Like you, you realize how, delicate these people are it's hilarious yeah that that that's a fascinating documentary in general but it also shows you just how fucking stupid rich people are and this this myth of american exceptionalism and the, this myth of like you build yourself from the ground up if you work hard and all that no you you just fucking rely on a bunch of other people's hard work and uh research and then you 
ride that to the top because you were lucky enough to be born with some money to invest into these things. And then that's how you become a billionaire. Like that's, that's, that's how you fucking become a billionaire. Like there's no skill involved in becoming a billionaire. Howard Schultz is an utterly unremarkable human being. And I say that not just about like his, his public persona, but he's just like a fucking nothing. He's just a bland pile of nothing. If you met him on the street, you'd be like, Oh, that guy's kind of a, wet noodle i don't i don't wonder oh i would just i would feel disgusted by him or something. just being near him even if he wasn't talking with the hair slicked back like that just like mm-hmm. just reads douchebag yeah but you know and, and then again of course this 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 idiot that did this fire festival thing and stole all his money only is going to be going to jail if he does go to jail because he he stole from other rich people that's the only reason he's got to go mm-hmm. to jail oh yeah because he could for wire fraud for defrauding investors, he's not going to go to jail for defrauding the workers, the consumers yeah. who went to the you know, yeah. or the workers for yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he's not going to be go- going to jail for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that woman got uh, a lot of money in the GoFundMe, the one the caterer who lost like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh right? yeah, well, she she paid all of the all those guys out of her own pocket, which she shouldn't have had to do. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, then you feel bad in general for just the, the people who are you know, who live on those islands, you know, who are being overrun by white tourists all the time, who think it's just their, you know, it's their, it it is a very colonial mindset to think that those people's homes is just a place where you can show up, throw all your trash down, spend some money, and then hop on your private plane and take off. I mean, that, that's, Mm -hmm. that's still like, how is that different than, (laughs) than classic colonialism? No, it's not, but that's, that's the way we've been indoctrinated. Um, and yeah, Howard Schultz, I, I mean, it, his, his campaign is going to be pathetically short and ineffectual. So uh, I mean, I'm not you know, worried about him. In I the, mean, if you've got hecklers yeah. and you haven't even announced yet, you're just on your book tour phase of the thing. Uh, that's a bad sign <laughs> right there. And, and of course he's already being invited on the view and good morning America. It's like, he's just buying access. Like he's buying the, he's trying to buy the presidency. Like what? what kind of a fucked up society do we live in where like if you have money you're automatically afforded a national platform that even like somebody like elizabeth warren who's a very well-known senator hasn't been afforded yet and she's announced for president she hasn't been on the view she hasn't been on good morning america like what and you know i'm not not saying like oh i love elizabeth warren but like what just because he has a billion dollars that you just fucking let him buy the presidency and buy all this press coverage like yeah they have learned nothing from helping elect trump (laughs) they've learned fucking nothing from their well their direct responsibility for electing trump so uh, you know alexandria ocasio cortez says that we cannot have a just society that allows billionaires to exist and i i could not agree more Uh, i would say even millionaires too much money Right. Like how much money do you need to make a movie? Certainly when people are fucking starving, you don't need to be there shouldn't be millionaires. Right. If everyone had enough money to survive and we had basic social safety nets, it'd be like, all right, whatever. But Kamala Harris, we don't have asked at her hour long uh, CNN free airtime commercial thing. She was asked if she thinks that the existence of billionaires is an unjust thing. And her answer was, uh, well, I didn't agree with the the Trump's uh, tax break for billionaires. And I was like, that you didn't even attempt to answer the question. It was just, it's like, of course she fucking has no problem with billionaires. She's a fucking cop. Who have cops always worked for? Cops have always worked for the wealthy, for the slave owners, right? Protecting their property. That is the only reason that the police were created in the first place. Now, do they have a role as being first responders? 
yeah, that's not much of their role though, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh yeah, come on, Bernie, just yeah. announce. <laughs> <laughs> And just to, just to close and wrap up what we were saying, uh, there was an article in the Daily Beast. Uh, Howard Schultz blames Alexandria Ocasio Cortez for his decision to run as an independent, and it has to do with her plan to tax the rich. <laughs> so she uh, quote tweeted that and responded, uh, "Why don't people ever tell billionaires who want to run for president that they need to quote work their way up, or that they quote maybe should start with city council first? Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Well, because he's a wealthy white male, and he must have worked for it. He must have been. He was successful, so he." must have done something right uh yeah no that was a great tweet i actually read about that tweet before i shared it which is always nice when you're like oh this is this is an especially good one because i always kind of feel like writing a whole article about one tweet is just lazy journalism unless it's somebody who's saying mm-hmm. something actually profound uh and almost all of her shit is very profound but uh yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's <laughs> she she understands this game better than all of them combined right and she's still like you can still tell like she's only showing she's not showing her cards still she's not showing how much smarter she is like they she showed a little bit just enough to scare people but i don't think she they i don't think she knows that she might she might be a genius she might be a political genius who I mean, clearly knew how to run a campaign and how many doors to knock on, how to talk to people and connect to people, obviously. But she knew what it would take to take down, you know, what the, the basically the next guy who could have been Speaker of the House. Yeah. Like, no, and, I, <laughs> and she did it on her that's own. Why, I mean, I genuinely I genuinely don't. And I don't say this because it's like a cult of personality or anything. I just watching her political machinations she 100% will be president and and it's fucking remarkable to see she's just a political savant like i it, it's amazing the way she so deftly plays washington and i know that it's largely on her back like i know people she has around her are good but like there are people that have worked on other campaigns like they're not these political geniuses that came out of nowhere no she just has these amazing instincts and she has the ability to tell the people around her like no this is what i'm gonna do like i'm not gonna bullshit i'm not gonna play the dc game like every once in a while she'll do something that you can clearly tell she's doing it to to you know play politics but she just very uh refreshingly is not here to play politics and that's that's well people just people are gonna say well she's too divisive because the right hates her well, the right would hate uh, the right, right. The right can't tell the difference between Hillary Clinton and FDR, right? They don't. They, they think that Kamala Harris is a socialist, right? They don't know. Well, Howard Schultz called Kamala Harris a quasi-socialist. Right. So even the, <laughs> even if that's the case right now, you everyone's talking about AOC moving the Overton window much further to the left, mm-hmm. where the, the discourse is about whatever she wants it to be, whatever we want it to be. You know. she got people to talk about fucking marginal tax rates like people people don't even know what that was like i did but a lot of people didn't even understand the concept of that and the fact that they're insanely low historically and she's got everyone talking about that now and supporting it yeah yeah it, it's unbelievable it's unfathomable because you realize that this is what all the democrats could have been doing if they wanted to actually win on popular issues they all could do this i mean not all of them can be as uh, amazingly as um you know radiant as aoc is but they could at least still all be on the same platform talking about the same issues this could be the party platform it could be 
uh, a marginal high marginal tax rate, you know, of 90%. Il, I think Ilhan said 90% is where she would like to see it. Um, she was also great because I think she's one of the first, she was one of the first people to actually characterize what's happening in Venezuela as a coup, you know, and call it that. Outright. Yeah. She had a great response. To uh, that. Yeah. She had a much better response than any of the other. Yeah. No, she, she's, like Democrats she's that we like. proving herself to be pretty good also. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it, it. You realize when you when you have somebody that's that good, you don't need to have a whole caucus of people or a whole whole party of people agree. When you have someone that just by their virtue uh, of how brave they are, how much they're willing to stand up, they become the de facto leader of the party. Then it doesn't matter what all the all the Joe Crowleys of the world think, right? Because they're just well, going to be yeah. they're going to be ignored forevermore. She she learned the lesson of Bernie because Bernie would ne will never be given a position in democratic leadership because they fucking hate him they use him to tokenize him and get his supporters but bernie's like all right fine fuck you i'll just do my own state of the union response and i'll do my own this and i'll do my own that and what you do is that you just speak truth and you're yourself and you talk about things that people actually care about you're gonna you're gonna become a leader no matter what the fuck the party says. Like nobody thinks Chuck Schumer's a fucking leader. Nobody thinks Nancy Pelosi's a leader. Give me a fucking break. D Bernie Sanders is a fucking leader. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, freshman congressperson who's been there about ten fucking days, is already a leader. Rokana is becoming a leader. Like you, it, that's that's the way you win in Washington because the corrupt political establishment will never relinquish power. They will hold on with their last fucking crooked bony uh overly manicured pinky until they fall off you talk about they will not Stenny give Hoyer? up <laughs> yeah fucking steady they will not give up the levers of power the only way to do it is to shame them and take it by force and take it by generating enough popularity and enough um recognition that you can just become the de facto leader and set the tone with the people and eventually the democrats are gonna have to be like oh fuck we can't uh, apparently the purge is going on in the background oh, yeah. of your house. Um, that would be an emergency weather alert uh, for, on my phone right now. Um, Bitch, it's fucking cold. <laughs> Students change temps. Consumers ask everyone to lower the heat to 65 or less through Friday. Uh-oh. There's a fuel oil shortage. Lower oh, their Jesus heat to 65 Christ. or less through Friday. Wow. Hey, hey, you know how it's like negative a thousand outside? Get get colder. Lower your fucking heat more. And, and you know, <laughs> no shit. Like, uh, yeah, it says emergency alert due to extreme temps. Right. Consumers, consumers, uh, energies who gas is through uh, asks everyone to lower their heat to 65 or less through Friday. So it sounds like they uh, don't have they're going to be running out. <laughs> of, oh, that, that that's that's a good sign. Wow. <laughs> Well, if uh, to even get it to 65, I've got my heat set on about 75 right now. Um, so this should be interesting. Well, you know, Trump said, oh, oh well, we could really use some global warming right now. I, uh, I don't know where it is. I'm a fucking moron who doesn't understand basic yeah. Yeah. Uh, climate and, and of course he does. He just says that because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I, you know, you say that. I don't know, man. He's really fucking like. Think about like your right wing relatives, like your old older right wing relatives, if you have them, like how fucking stupid and and stubborn and like uninformed and unintelligent they are about everything. And that's kind of our president. Like I, 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 I there's a genuine chance that nobody is in administration for because they think he's a child and they want him to keep 
enacting uh, horribly devastating climate policies that enrich their oil and gas donors. Just don't tell him any of this shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe it really is a hoax. And, you know, like there's a good chance that that's what's going on. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't really matter. I just think he he's no, I mean, not but, as yeah. dumb as people think. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. Right. So well, it certainly doesn't care. I agree with that. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? He. I think he's both dumb and also maybe not as dumb as people think, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, but, um, yeah. time to go bundle up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> We're gonna uh, settle in for the long haul. You're gonna you're gonna break into a Wendy's and and turn all the fryers on before the uh, deep freeze sets in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I I mean if that's what it takes to keep warm, I will uh, dive into a 400 degree boiling <laughs> oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, so uh, that probably does it for us this week. Um, I will be coming to you next week from my brand new studio um in in the place i'm living which basically means the exact same setup that i'm talking to you on usually yeah. uh but it will be in a different place uh so i guess we'll see how the internet is there i assume it's probably just as good we'll, we'll find out i guess um and uh yeah so if you want to support the show uh you can rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts you can uh, follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left uh, you can follow us. On- oh, sorry. I thought it was my my, yeah, yeah, got- my uh, chaos rat 1999. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. You could uh, follow us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do it one of two ways. You can uh, pick up some merch over at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. We have shirts, mugs, uh, baby onesies, phone cases, socks, all kinds of shit um you can also become a patreon a patron uh, patreon.com slash move left uh we're going to be doing some uh, extra shows in the coming months on there uh so you know if you want to go and support us over there that'll help us get to the point where we can do some extra content for you guys um we are on twitter i'm at move underscore left uh now you can say your part. oh it's sorry i'm still distracted reading this fucking word I'm trying to figure <laughs> out if i'm gonna freeze to death in the next two days here uh chaos right in 1899 on twitter yeah so if uh if comrade is not a uh uh, uh an icicle jack next nicholson week, and the back. shining popsicle yeah <laughs> yeah and we will see you next week
there's insanity in the control room tonight.